Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So this morning, we are continuing with The Rock's summer camp. And I am tasked with the responsibility of bringing y'all into the mess hall. Yeah, here we go. The mess hall, which really, if you, you know anything about it, it's a, it's, it's a borrowed term for summer camps because it really comes from the military, the place where soldiers get together and would eat. To some of y'all who are veterans, I know it's not always the fondest of memories eating in the mess hall. You're happy to eat in a regular dining room these days, but, you know, um, it is what it is. But, <clears throat> but again, it's this place of meeting and eating. And for our purposes, I want to really focus on that thing of relationship what it means to sit down and connect in relationship, which is what we're called to do. As always, it's a privilege to be in front of you guys. I want to thank Pastor George and Suzanne for that chance to come and as a part of this house and a part of one connected in relationship, stand here and deliver this word. And so, as always, um, I'm thankful for the opportunity and humbled and honored um, to stand here. And um, it's, it's, it's a great day that we can be connected in God's house and, and spend some time and talk about that very principle. So in the word of God in Psalm 133, I want to go there for a minute before we pray. It says this, that, oh, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful today for your goodness and we're grateful today that we get to partake of your word, that we get to be in your house today, that we get to experience what you're calling us to experience today and learn what you want us to learn today. We declare we have open ears, we have open eyes, we have open hearts. Pour in what you want for us to learn and receive today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So the mess hall, again, is the place of, of, of gathering and the place of relationship. And, and, and what we have sometimes is a memory. I want to take you all back with me. Um, to the lunchroom. I was like, okay. I have a prop over here. How many of y'all remember walking through with the tray in the lunchroom? Hands are going up. All my homeschoolers are in the house, like my kids have no idea. <laughs> All the homeschoolers in the house have no idea. But you remember walking in the lunchroom with the tray, right? Everybody's walking around, got my tray. What was super important at that point for most people as you're looking around? Where are you going to sit? And you know what? One of the biggest things that we all say in that moment, whether we voiced it or not, what you did not want to experience was what? Rejection. I'm walking around with my tray, going to find a place to sit. And eat this tasty food. I might not even at that point care what the food is. I just want to find a place to sit and know that I won't be rejected when I go to sit there. So it's something that we all experience and something that we all can relate to is this thing of walking around with that tray in that lunchroom trying to say, where am I supposed to be? And when I feel like I think this is where I'm supposed to be, will I be rejected when I get there? And so it's something that we all battle with. 
And you wonder sometimes, why is that universal experience so true and so quick for all of us to recall that memory? I mean, it might not have even been a lunchroom. You know, you ever been to a wedding and the reception doesn't have a sign seating? Right? Right? You with me? You get into the reception, everybody's walking around. Okay. All right. Is that seat? Is that keys? Is that a purse? Is that saved? And like these couple people I don't know, these couple of people I know. I want to be at like the party tables because, you know, when the music starts for the reception, like are these people going to be lit at this table or is it going to be like dead and I want to dance? Or maybe those people are going to be really dancers and I'm not into that. I just don't want the spotlight. So you want like the right table, right? So it's still that same idea. Why is it that that's so universal for all of us? Everybody wants to find a sense of belonging. And it's not shallow. I would argue it's part of the design of God that's in your life. When you look at that very fact, in the mess hall, everyone searches for their table, right? Everyone is there looking for that place where they're supposed to be. And we search for that again because it's part of how we're made, how we're wired in the image of God, right? So everybody searches for their table. And if we'll go into Genesis 127, we'll look at what Genesis 127 says. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So this fact that we're created in God's image, this is a piece of it, which we're going to talk a little bit more about. But we all want to find that sense of belonging and know where we fit in because, again, that's, that's part of the design of God in our lives. That's part of how we've been made and how we've been wired by him. So looking at that, sometimes you can think of it in this term. God made up community. He created community because he thought it'd be a good idea for us to live in it. Right? We thought it would work for us so we wouldn't be solo and isolated and everything. But the reality is community is who God is. Okay? We're made in the image of God. If you look in the Latin, imago Dei, the image of God is what we're created in. And when we look at that, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we have this term, sometimes we don't ask ourselves when we say, God is love. If he's a singular person deity, then who is he loving? And this is one of the flaws, and sometimes when we have an incorrect theology about who God is, we look at that and they're like, oh, that's what it is. And then the atheist comes to you and says, yeah, your God was needy, so he made you because he wanted to love, but he didn't have anybody to love because he's a singular de person deity. That's part of the wonder of who God is, is he's triune. He's three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So when we talk about this idea of community, it's not a matter of God just creates community. God is community. I'm going to say it one more time. It's not a matter of him creating it because he thought it was a good idea for humans. God literally is community. It's how he exists. So when he speaks to us to be in community, to be in relationship, he is simply saying, son, daughter, express the image which is on you. He's saying to you, express the image that's on you. Properly represent who I am. That stamp that's on you is that one of community. So when you pull away from that, you're actually bucking against the way it is that God's designed you and created you to live. And so you, you, you think about this thing of, of, of time by yourself. How many of y'all like some time alone? If you don't raise your hand, you're lying. Well, no, I mean, there are those people who sometimes don't like being alone. I do sometimes. If you know me, I love playing golf. When I get a chance to, those days get slimmer and slimmer. I have six children. There you go. That's your answer as to why those days are slim sometimes. Um, and not all of them are 
grown. Actually, none of them are grown. So yes, I have six children. There you go. That's why you can't find play. Oh, you can't find play. Yeah, yeah, can't find unplayable play golf because I got six children. There you go. Um, but when I play, sometimes I love playing by myself because if you've ever played golf, you're in a giant manicured lawn by yourself with the open sky of heaven, and you're just it's you and God and that little white ball. And as long as you cannot be too frustrated, it's a fun time. Some good times just to just think and, and clear your head. It's quiet. That's part of the etiquette of golf. It's super quiet. Some people freak out about it. There's a cheer when the putt goes down, but normally it's quiet. So that, that, that solitude's okay. It's good for rest, reflection, to pray, to seek God. I said, but when that, 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 that solitude turns to isolation, that's a bad deal. What does the Bible say? Proverbs 18.1 says this. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sounds judgment. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment. So this thing of isolation, it's not just a kind of like the idea of us being in community. It's not just a, hey, that's a bad idea. It's not going to go well for you, though it's not. It's literally when you isolate yourself, it's not me just pulling away a little bit. It's scripture tells us that that's you pushing and raging against one translation says rages against all wise judgment. It's you pushing away the design in which God has placed you. Because normally, you know who you listen to when you're isolated? You. <laughs> People are like, I listen to God. No, you don't. Stop lying. You can convince yourself it's God because it's just you and you got nobody else to talk to, but it's you. Trust a brother named me on that one. It's you. That's who you're listening to. You're raging against all wise judgment, and it's not how God's designed you to operate. He's designed you to be in that community in which where two or three witnesses are gathered. That truth is further established. It is what it is, whether you receive it or not. <laughs> but it can be established in you when you come and join with other witnesses who say, this is the word of the Lord. But you isolate yourself. You're not receiving any of that. You're pushing against what God has designed you for. So this thing of living in relationship and this idea that I'm going to talk about further of, of, of the table and being here and eating together, it's, it's, it's a representation of that spirit of relationship that we're supposed to walk in and not me being isolated and being by myself in this whole thing as we walk out life. You know, one of the things that happened when, when, when we look into Genesis chapter 1, we see an outline of creation, okay? We see the creation story laid out for us. And then we go through, and then man receives the first commands he receives. God blesses mankind. But in Genesis 2, we see this further, this further painting of the picture of, of man's creation. Okay? And part of that is where God comes down in verse 18. First part of verse 18. It says, and the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. And I said, amen, hallelujah, praise Jesus, because I'm my beautiful wife of 20 years. I'm super happy about that, that that was the case. <laughs> I can attest to that. But it was not just the fact that this man and woman would come together, because see what we had at, found, at the foundation of family. This is why family gets fought against so much in society. It's the foundational place in which God would then propagate the human race on the planet and his image and design. Okay. So that's what the fight against family is about. If you're ever wondering, go back. It's at the very beginning of it all. So if I can come against that, if I'm the enemy, 
he's at least smart enough to do that, to come against the foundation of it all. Okay? How did any of y'all get here? None of y'all were directly formed from the dust of the ground. I'm just, just so you know. That was Brother Adam. Done. The rest of us came because of relationship and family. Whether it was busted, whether it was ugly, <laughs> whether it was jacked up, whether you're being healed from it still, you came through family. And that's it. And God says it's not good that the man should be alone. And it's not good that any of you all should be alone today. It is not God's best. It is not God's order and it's not God's design. I understand if you're in a nation where you're being persecuted and you got to stay home and do home church, but trust me, isolation is not God's best. It is not his best for us. His best is for us to express his design and his order as we come together in community and family. That's what his best is for us. Okay. So as I was studying, I pulled out my, uh, my Matthew Henry's uh, commentary. If you've ever seen one in person, they're about this thick. It just feels real pastorly and scholarly when I study from that. I mean, I could totally do it with Kindle. Like most of my books are on Kindle. It's super easy. Pull out the iPad Air. Yeah, Kindle. But that just feels, you open it up on the desk and you're like, man of God is studying. You know, it's just, it's a totally, it's a totally personal thing. So like, you'll see me if I'm preaching that week, you'll see the big Matthew Henry's commentary. Um, but there was this one statement in there with regard to this whole idea of, um, what was being said in, uh, in Genesis chapter 218. And here's what he says about isolation and solitude. He says, perfect solitude would turn a paradise into a desert and a palace into a dungeon. I mean, I just, I, I had to get up. I was like, oh, that's good. I got up, went next door, I high-fived Hector, and then I went back to studying. Um, but literally, perfect solitude would turn a paradise into a desert and a palace into a dungeon. Because that's not what God designed us for. We're created, it goes further in that commentary to say that we're created to be social beings. We're created for that connection and that relationship. We're created to walk together in that way, which is what we're going to talk about with this thing of being in the mess hall. We're created to walk together in that way. And when we push against that, man, we are not fully expressing God's order and design for us. We're actually having a misrepresentation of it, whatever you might believe about where you feel like you want to be as far as stepping away from people being isolated. It's always, always a, 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 a challenging sign when somebody wants to step away from where it is that God has set them and placed them. Yeah. Again, temporary solitude, rest, reflect sometimes. Hey, we're getting kind of crazy. My children, it's a little loud in my house sometimes. There's a bunch of them, and I want to step away for a minute. My wife wants to step away from it. Sometimes what I do for my wife is I'll come home and... And, and I could buy her a flowers or a diamond ring. Um, I probably could not, not the diamond ring right now, but maybe the flowers. <laughs> I'm like, got her one already. She's got, I'm like, baby, you're good? Good, awesome. That's the one you got. Um, but the flowers, yes. Dinner, yes. But sometimes she doesn't want that. She actually would like me to just take my children and leave. <laughs> if I could hear it in her voice if I'm on the phone, I'm like, hey, mm, it's a CeCe's pizza night. We're going to CC's. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> because that's good for a time. But you know what's funny? I'll send her a couple pictures of me and the kids. They're eating pizza. And then she says, it's been two hours. She's like, when are you guys coming home? 
She, I mean, she never says like, hey, I'm going to jump in the car, head to Miami. Y'all take care. I'm out. <laughs> see you when I see you. Peace. <laughs> it's never that. It's this temporary moment to just kind of gather. Solitude is good for that in a temporary moment. But to live there, it's not what God has for you. And so as we kind of continue with this, Some of you guys need to find out who's at your table because you've been walking around with your tray for too long. You need to find out where your table is. Have a seat. Because you're walking around and you're wondering why your arms are tired. I'm just putting it out there. Wondering why. I'm not at rest. Dude, you're walking around with a tray, man. Who does that? A lot of us, apparently. I'm going to pray for you in a bit, but apparently a lot of us do. So, who's at your table? There's three things about your table. And there's, there's sometimes multiple tables. In your, most of us will have multiple tables in your life that you sit at, tables of relationship. And there's three things about those tables. One, it's a place of relationship. Two, it's a place of acceptance. And three, it's a place of receiving sustenance together. Okay? So we sit down and we receive that sustenance together because, again, we know that relationship's necessary. I'm going to sit and receive it. I haven't been rejected. I've been accepted in. And then through that, we begin to receive the sustenance that we need to receive together. In a natural picture, it's this plate of food. I'm sitting down with somebody. But in the spiritual, it's much deeper than that. We may get around to together with food, which if you know me, hey, I'm down for a dinner or a lunch. Any point, just holler at me. I like food. I'm like, God made it taste good. We need it to live. I'm like, why not enjoy it and continue enjoying it? I mean, like, you know, don't enjoy it too much because then you may need to, like, call up your friends and get on your diet program or whatever. So if you're there, handle it. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, You got to do it. But receiving that table means that we're going to begin to receive together what we need to receive. And there's some things you're going to get at that table because you sat down there that you wouldn't get by yourself because you're not in isolation. Okay? There's things that the people at your table will help you get that you're not getting by yourself. You're just not. Because that's just not how God designed us to operate and to function. And that's not how he's getting the stuff he needs to get to you. Some of the stuff he needs to get to you is going to be through your friend who you're trying to not talk to right now because deep down you probably know they're going to say something that you need to hear. But I'm trying to keep walking around with this tray like I'm going to find another table to sit at because I didn't really want to sit there because at that table is where I know God's going to speak something to me that I needed to hear. I've been there a few times. Been there a few times, trust me. Okay? And you need to know sometimes when you sit down at a table you know, I didn't tell this story first, service. I'm going to tell it this service. My friend sitting over here, Giorgio, um, on the third row, took me to lunch a couple years ago to ask me some hard questions about my calling and my future that nobody else asked me. It was over some barbecue, and that's a good place. It's over some barbecue. <laughs> I was about two or three ribs in, and he drops a bomb on me with this question, and I was like, hey, bro, I thought we were just eating cornbread and ribs, homie. You want to get deep? Yes, and it was good. It was a defining moment for me because it made me answer some questions that I needed to answer that I had not been asked recently. 
And so at that table of relationship, that's where some of that stuff happens. And you keep walking around with your tray, you're not getting any of that. You're just going to keep walking around with your tray. Getting frustrated with your cheeseburger getting cold. Ew, you know what I'm saying? Or your salad getting warm and wilted, whatever it is, okay? Whatever you're eating on the tray. You know, wilty salad, nasty. We don't want that. So here's a couple things about the table where God has you. First of all, find your table, okay? You want to first find your table. You want to know where God has you. You want to know where it is that God has you. That's so important right now. I'm talking about finding your table within the context of the mess hall that God has you. Some people don't even know what mess hall they're in. I'm telling you. We're around here. Oh, any, anywhere's good. No. Anywhere's not good. Oh, this is great. They might be doing great stuff over there, but if that's not your table, you better hang it up. Your stuff's not going to get there. Everybody orders from Amazon? You send good stuff all day long to the wrong address, wondering why I don't have any of my stuff. I order. Dude, it was the one click, one click, boom, you know? Stuff going to the wrong address. And you're like, dude, I ordered like pages of stuff. And, and I just, why isn't this happening in my life? Bruh, let me help you out. <laughs> you're at the wrong address and all your stuff is going to the other address. If you would go and pull that chair out and sit at that table, your stuff's over there. And they're waiting for you. Your friends are waiting for you over there. They might not even know it, but your stuff is at the right table. If you open yourself up to receive it. Okay, so we got to find out where, because here's what it says in the scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 18, one of my favorite passages, Paul's talking about spiritual gifts and he begins to talk about where they're placed and this imagery of a body over against the body of Christ. And it says this, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Okay, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So God chooses the placement that is going to make the most sense and be a blessing and cause the impact in your life that needs to be had and then cause you to be released in the way you need to be released. But when you just, any old place is good, there's things that you're missing. And again, this is a deeper thought here, okay? Plenty of great churches, plenty of great tables of ministry, of relationship, but if that's not yours, it's not a good one for you. You wanna find out where it is that God has you placed and set, okay? Secondly, appreciate your table. Be thankful for those you're in relationship with. So when you get there, okay, and it may take some struggle to get there and then sit down, be grateful for that table and for that group and for that connection that God has set you in. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, scripture says right here, not neglecting to meet together. And sometimes we over-spiritualize things and we over-complicate things. How is it that we meet together? You know, people are, I need to do a word study and get in depth on that, which I do, and I'm all about that. But there's some folks... Look at it. Not neglecting to meet together. What does that mean? You know, is there, can we go back to the original language? Meeting together means meeting together. Can I drop it on you again? I have the deeper wisdom of heaven here. Meeting together means actually meeting together. 
So then when you don't come to church or any other stuff that's involved with church folks that you're connected to, and then you wonder, why am I not connected? I got a simple answer for you. Not neglecting to meet together. How do we meet together? We meet together. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just putting it out. Deep, deep. <laughs> just putting it out there. Your brother, can, can we sit down and have coffee sometime? Hey, when does your connect group meet? That person who invited you to their group 3,700,000 times, and you were like, no, you know, I'm over here, and I'm deep up in this Bible study by myself. Isolation. Get to your table, people. And then appreciate that place where God has joined you at that table and what he wants to do in your life at that table. Okay? Because that takes us here to the next one once you're there. And some of y'all need to do this, and then some of you guys need to be believing that someone's doing this for you. Make room at your table. Be open to those God wants to add to your table. First Peter 4, 8 through 9 says this, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. And everybody said amen. Keep loving one another. Even when you don't feel like it, keep loving one another. Since love covers a multitude of sins. But verse 9 is what I want to focus on. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. I talked about my friend, Miss Kelly Shore, last service. And I was joking and I said, you know, one time I was at their house, I'm like, everything's always ready when I come here. I'm like, I asked Mr. Fred, her husband, I said, Mr. Fred, hey, is there like hors d'oeuvres when you wake up? <laughs> like you wake up and there's hors d'oeuvres on the table, like laid out. I mean, like in nice, you know, nice, nice, nice plates and everything. And the little, she has the little knives with the little figurines and stuff on the end of them and stuff. You know, you can spread your cheese and all that. I'm like, do you wake up and this is like this? Because I've never been here and this isn't like this. <laughs> like there's hors d'oeuvres here. We're ready for the party. And I, and I was joking with her about that. But she said, you know, I always want people to feel at home when they come to my house. And so some of us here, we need to open up the doors of hospitality to receive in those God wants to add. For our house, practically, it might be a connect group. It might be an area of ministry in the house or out of the house. It might just be a relationship you just need to lean into. That God says, man, you need to spend some time with that person. Some of you older folks need to take some younger folks under your wing. Okay? You need to take some younger folks under your wing. And some of you younger folks need to be like, hey, that guy, uh, done a lot more than I've done. Let me spend some time with him or her. You know what I'm saying? It's time to open that up because it's one generation to another who praises the works of God. Psalm 145. So it's time to open those doors up and say, man, there's some relationships we might need to lean into. You know something I don't know, or you have a perspective I don't have, or you can help me break through in this area I need to break through in. It's only going to happen when we open up those doors in those relationships and say, here I am at the table, and I could just sit here and get real comfortable, too comfortable at my table. We're good. Our table's full, seat six, done. <laughs> it might happen for a time. But it may be that the Lord says, you see him over here? He's been walking around that, with that tray way too long. Yeah. Pull your chairs over. Yeah. Hey, there's one right here, buddy. You don't have to come, but we, just know that we will love you. And we'll receive you. And we believe God wants to do some great things in your life. But we want you to come and have a seat right here. I was in a restaurant the other day with some friends and we had to kind of make, you know, you take the booth and you extend it by adding another table and then adding a chair on the end. 
We did because we could have sat. There were sections where we had multiple tables, but we wanted to sit together. We're brothers who just wanted to connect and speak some things to one another and do some planning, do some other stuff we need to do, but we wanted to sit together. And so sometimes, man, extend your table. You might have a six-seater, and God might be calling some of y'all to get a ten-seater. Hey, come on now. Make room at the table. And, or God might be calling you to take your six-seater and make it a ten. Squish the chairs in, man. It's good. You're fine. I mean, just, I'm just this way. Don't eat any of my fries off my plate. I'm just putting it out there. It was the first marriage lesson when my wife and I went on the first day of our honeymoon. We stopped to get fast food on the way. This is a bunny trail. Didn't do this first service, but I'm doing it. I'm going. I'm running with it right now. She's like, oh, I'll get this. I said, you want some fries? She's like, no, I have some of yours. I said, no, you won't. No. I was like, woman, I will buy you three meals if you would like them. I was like, but my fries are my fries. (laughs) It's a man thing, I guess, but... I was like, those are my... So if you're at my table, I love you. I'll buy another set of french fries for you. I just generally don't share. It was... Oh, like on family trips, when we got to do it, we like break up three large fries to spread. I'm like, I'm like I want to take my group and then put them in a container for... That's just... It is what it is, man. Pray for me. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Seriously. But making space at your table is what's so necessary for some of us to do. Because that person's been walking around with that tray and their arms are getting tired. And sometimes it's them. They just don't want to sit down. They don't want to open up. But sometimes, you know what? It's some of us who have tables already who need to make ourselves hospitable. Can I break through? I mean, can I sit at your table? I've been walking around with this and my arms are getting tired. But I'm not going to say that because there's so much stuff and I don't want you to know everything that I've been dealing with and stuff that I've been struggling with and stuff that I think maybe I would only get if I sat at your table and God could do a work in me through you guys. But uh, will I be rejected? Will I be received? When they know like who I, who I was and the stuff I did and the stuff I'm struggling with now? When I take that mask off, can I sit down here and find some freedom? Together in relationship. Or do I just kind of traipse on by and keep carrying this tray? Hoping someday I can find somewhere to sit. Someday I can find somewhere that I don't have to try to eat. You ever try to peel an orange with one hand? Like, I got to use this example. Use it last. I mean, like, one. what are you, you going to do with that? Well, I mean, I think it shows some of what we deal with when we're trying to do stuff that's not of our design. Sit down. Because if you only, even if you only got one arm, guess what? There's somebody else who has one at the table. <laughs> so if y'all don't even have two arms each, you got two once you get together which sometimes speaks of where we are spiritually. Hey, I'm struggling, but I'm struggling in this too. But if we come together, man, God can do a work with us because how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How wonderful and beautiful that is. Come on, stand with me. I want to pray for some of you guys this morning who are battling this thing. So there's two groups I really want to pray over. There's some of you guys who... Um, 
you need to expand where you are. You might need to add a second table or a third table because of what God's calling you to connect into and move into and relationships that you need to establish and see him work in. So you need to open yourself up to that. Some of you need to open up your table hospitably. But then there's some of you who I really want to pray for. I feel like I've been walking around with that tray for far too long. And it's time to sit down. It's time to receive the relationships God is giving you, whatever that looks like. So again, bow your heads right now. And if that's you in any of those couple of areas, just throw a hand up just so I know who you are so we can pray over you. So if that's you this morning, go ahead and throw a hand up. Okay, I see you. I see you. I see you. Good, good, good. I see you. And put your hands down. If that's you and you didn't raise your hand, come on and receive this in your heart. I want to pray over you. Lord, thank you so much for the fact that you created us in your image. And that part of that is the relationship that we're called to walk in, not just with you, but with one another. And I thank you for each person here, Father. I pray over them that they have the grace and strength from you, Lord, to move into those relationships that they are called to, to open up the doors to receive people in that they're called to. And God, for some who have been walking around like spiritual nomads for some time period, Lord, help them to know where they need to walk over and say, can I sit here? And just put the tray down and rest. Can I take the mask off with you? Can I, can, can I ask you to pray for me? I'm going through some rough stuff in my life right now. Can you, can you help me? And again, some who will turn and say, hey, do you need a place to sit? Come and sit here. And so I speak that right now and declare a grace in lives right now to receive that work and to walk in that work and be established in those things that you are saying for us, Lord, in relationship. And so, Father, as we tackle that question of who's at our table and where's our table, Father, I declare that we will see it for what it is, a working out of your goodness and your mercy and your truth in us to be a full representation of the image we're created in by walking in relationship. And now I want to pray. And I want to ask those of you who may not even be in the mess hall yet. You're not even in a place of knowing who Jesus is. Maybe you've been away from him. Maybe you're like Howard and you stepped away. And you know you need to get back in the door. And you need to ask Jesus to come. Be your Lord. Be your Savior. Deliver you. And then show you where would I go sit down at a table, Lord. So if that's you this morning, you want us to pray over you, you need to pray to receive Jesus and receive his lordship in your life. Just put a hand up wherever you're at right now. Okay, I see you. I see you. I see you. Awesome. Awesome. All right, you can go ahead and put them down. We're going to pray this morning over these. I want the whole house to, to pray along as well and receive these guys into the kingdom of God and declare that the work that God wants to do will be done in them. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for making a place for me in your kingdom. I know that I'm not worthy by the natural, but I know that your blood is sufficient for me to wash away my past and set me on a course for my future. 
So I turn from sin. I turn from the old life. And I turn to you, Jesus, to receive your lordship, to receive your salvation, and everything you have for me, and to be set in the place that you have for me in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. Thank you, Lord. Man, that is awesome. Uh, my heart is full. I mean, that, God's word is good, but man, to hear people confess Jesus as Lord is what it's all about. And so those of you who prayed that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you. We have some information up here on the screen, and you need to take a next step. Everybody needs to take a next step, just like we're talking about these tables. Some of you might be at a table, and you need to expand to another one. Some of you might need to open up your doors. Everybody's taking a next step. Whatever that next step is, we want to come alongside you and help you with that. So please text us, email us, reach out. We would love to help you find what table it is that you need to sit at to receive the next step and the guidance and the discipleship that God has for you. All right? I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.